Welcome to Bro Trek, the only pro Bernie Sanders Star Trek podcast from two brothers. I'm Ed. I'm Nick. Shall we engage? Make it bro. So, before we talk about episode 10 of Star Trek Picard, the last episode of this season, um, let's talk about how we both have coronavirus and how we're both definitely going to die. <coughs> um, yep, I don't know <laughs> if I have it or not. I mean, yeah, uh, I made the... I don't know anybody who has it, and I feel like if I had coronavirus, I would know someone who has it, because I know me. Yeah, it's true. I uh, know several people who have it, um, although I have not actually, you know, been in in the interaction with them, but I also made the terrible mistake of going to Home Depot today. Uh, I should not have done that. There are way too many people there. Why'd you do that? Why was Home Depot so crowded? I don't know. It was a bad idea. You have to get on... I needed to get that mulch. Train... Oh, I guess you drove if you went and got mulch. Yeah. Drove, got, you know, filled up the trunk with mulch. Yeah. Did an online did an online order. I figured they'd have, like, curbside pickup. Nope, I had to go in there and, like, wait around right by the customer service desk with all these other people, like, as everyone else got their orders filled. So I definitely have corona now. Yeah, so. fuck that noise. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Man, bye-bye. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too, too keen on getting it, the... At first, I thought, well, I'm young, healthy, normal. I'm sure I'd be fine if I got it, but it's not looking like that's exactly how things work out. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Yeah. No, it's uh, way too many people who are like, yeah, this guy was like 35 and he got it and he died. He was totally healthy. Or like the the guy from uh, the band Fountains of Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, he was like 52. Like, that's not all that old and like just a normal guy and he got it and died. Yeah. Trump's um, poor friend. He was. He got it. Now he's in a coma, and he was just probably a little heavy, a little fat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which which Trump crony? I don't know. It's the uh, one that he the first like whenever he came out and made the announcement the other day, and then they went on to say that you know two hundred thousand Americans are definitely dead. Um, but he was talking about his buddies, like you know, a, a normal healthy guy. You talk to him one day, and and then you know he he goes to the hospital, and he's normal and healthy, and. Maybe, maybe a little heavy, maybe maybe a little little bit extra, and that he's in a coma. This is not the flu. <laughs> no, that that's definitely some guy that's like you know four hundred pounds owns a owns like all the sea uh, do dealerships in Florida and like you know is just a long time like Maro Lago membership holder or yep. something like that. Yep. Guy who who lives on like you know whiskey and cocaine. What's the deal with Trump and the CEO of My Pillow? What is My Pillow? Like I, I see stuff like that all the time and see him like talking. Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know, man. So one, that guy is just like he's like a big Trump fan, right? He's like a big time Trump supporter. Uh, the My Pillow is a pillow that you can buy. Like they do like late night commercials. Um, I don't. I don't remember what kind. Of, I think it's like one of those pillows that are like filled with like buckwheat shells or something like that. Ooh, you know, and copper. One of those to like keep away the coronavirus. Yeah, something like that. It, it's a kind of pillow that I don't think I would like, but clearly some people like that kind of pillow. But it's not for me. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he just sells those pillows on his website, or uh, you know, I think it's mostly like like overnight infomercial type stuff. Yeah, um, they might have stores too, but that's that's just what it is. Just one of those kind of like weird products for uh, homebound seniors. Cool. Keep them home. Yeah, you gotta love it. So, um, before we dive coronavirus, figure we can talk about this uh, last episode of Season 1 of Star Trek Picard. Um, a couple of follow-up stuff from uh, our, some of our remaining theories about the show. 
we had some questions about what Soji's mission was. Um, this episode did not answer that. Nope. <laughs> However, showrunner Michael Shaban, who has been answering these things on Instagram, which I guess it's better than not answering them at all, but it still feels like, it's like, come on, man, just put that shit in the show. Yeah. Um, uh, he specifically said, and I am literally reading a quote from his Instagram, Dodge's mission. Um, find out the truth behind the synth band by infiltrating Starfleet through Daystrom. Um, Soji's mission, find out the truth behind the synth band by infiltrating a Romulan outpost. A pincher movement on the secret. So I guess, I mean, that makes sense. It's not the most interesting answer, but it did make sense. But, like, you can say that in the show. I mean, there's so much stuff in this show that, like, is so... Uh, I don't know. Like subtle's not the right word. It's just like under uh, underplayed so much that you, you like you miss it. You know. Yeah, I feel um, like they just did that with you know the, the cuts. Like they did the scene. They just didn't have time for it or couldn't fit it in. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, they tried to do too much. They had too many. I mean, we're getting into kind of overall stuff about the whole show. But I think they had too many characters, and there was just too many balls up in the air, and they couldn't quite land them all. Um, so we had some theories around that f- going all the way back to the very first scene when Data had five queens in his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, you know, we had a lot of theories about what that maybe had to do with Q, maybe it had to do with QAnon. Um, maybe the five queens were Dodge, Soji, Jaina, Sutra, and some unknown fifth sister. Maybe Jurati was a synth and she was the fifth one, but that was all wrong. The five queens was totally nothing. It was just... And in, you know whatever like a weird image one sees in a dream kind of thing. It didn't mean anything. It didn't lead to anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a little disappointing, but yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, synopsis of the episode, and then we talk about it. Uh, Picard and his team are pitted against the Romulans in the synthetics of Copelius in a final confrontation, which. It's accurate if in succinct description of the episode. <laughs> um, so, what did you think overall? Uh, it was pretty good, you know. Like last episode when we did the our thoughts of how it wraps up, you know. I, I think I said I either gonna like it or I, I'm not, and I'm neither of those were correct. I'm I'm in the yeah. middle. Uh, I've, there are things about it that I liked, but the actual like resolution was kind of dumb, uh, or it, was, it just seemed like they like all right, we're just gonna say this is the end now. And yeah, closed the wormhole, but it was okay. Uh, some of it was great. Yeah, some of it was great. I'm definitely in the middle with you, right there with you. Like it, it was kind of down the middle for me. There was stuff in it that was great. There was stuff in it that I was like, well, that was kind of dumb, or that was nothing. You know, like uh, the the way they the whole show ended up kind of being a resolution for the character for Data. And like letting data go, and so much of it was this like emotional theme of Picard letting go about data. Mm-hmm. I thought they landed that really, really, really well. And that final sequence, uh, which we can talk about when we get there, but that final sequence was really incredible. Um, whereas all this, all the most like I don't know, plotty stuff, like what's going on with the artifact? What does the artifact have to do with anything? Uh, not really anything. It doesn't really do anything. Why is it there? Uh-huh. Um, what what is what is seven in 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 Elnor and all these other people? Why do they need to be there? What are they gonna do? Well, not much. Um, what is this mystery about? Like the alien, you know, the the whatever, like the the Romulans in the um uh the, the stopping Zot-Gosh. the Romulan. Yeah. 
yeah, and the Zatvash, like, why did why did they stop the Romulan rescue? Well, we don't really ever get an answer for that, and it kind of doesn't matter. What is this mysterious alien force that's kind of from outside time? Well, I don't know. It looked like some weird tentacles. That was really about all we got. Didn't really mean anything. Like, all the kind of, like, plotty business that the show spent so much time on, it just kind of went nowhere, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, that was dis- disappointing. But I thought there was some, you know, there was some good... You know, some good acting from Picard. There was some, there was some, some fun um, space stuff. Uh, you know, uh, with the starships. Although it didn't quite sing as much as I hoped it would, but you know, it was still really. It had good stuff, but overall, like, I do feel like the show peaked kind of. Oh, I don't know, in the middle, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like the first episode, and then some of the stuff in the middle, like the one where they go to Space Vegas, the one where they see. Um, Riker and uh, Troy, and then the one after that where they first get to the cube, yeah, and a bunch of stuff gets revealed. And that was that episode might have been the best one. I think that was the most, especially from kind of like a plot and plot perspective. That was the one that really satisfied the most. And then after that, it kind of was just like, well, here's a bunch of stuff, and uh, now we're done. You know, um, it didn't feel like it, like it all didn't cohere in a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, but you know, still. Still, it was, uh, you know, it was all right. Well, I'm glad you found it to be adequate. Yeah, it was. It, you know, it was... I wanted it to be to end up, you know, being more than it was, but it, overall, it was, you know, it's still entertained. Mm-hmm. So we can go through, uh, you know, talk through the episode. Um, so we, we open up with um, Narek. Uh, he had been running towards the artifact for some reason. Um, we thought maybe Sutra had sent him there, but that's clearly not the case. He... Sneaks in there, you know, sneaks through the through the cube, finds Narissa, who was... I was really surprised she was on the cube when she... She had teleported away when all the... She the XBs were, like, piling on to kill her. Yeah, you could... The, she, yeah. It was very clear that she was teleported. Yeah, but I assumed, and I mean, I'm sure this was the case for you, assumed she teleported to one of the Romulan ships, but nope, she just, like, teleported to a hiding spot in the cube and had just been hanging out, which... That... Uh, didn't make a ton of sense to me, but sure, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did she look different to you in this episode? I mean, maybe they made her, like, like try to look, like, sicklier or something, but she looked different. Like, maybe it was shot, like, maybe a month shorter later or something. She looked smaller in stature, like, more. Mm. Uh, that, that'd be about it, because she was, this every other episode, she was, like, big. Like, she looked like she was probably 6'3 yeah. or 4. Um, and then in this one, she was the same size as seven of nine, you know. Uh, so maybe, maybe that was it. I don't know. But no, I didn't think that. Uh-huh. I hadn't even considered it until you said something. Then maybe, yeah, maybe it was just the lighting because they were in a board, you know, in this, the bowels of the board cube, and that was it. But, so yeah. Narek, uh-huh. you know, gets to the cube. But what was the point of um, what's her name releasing her? Uh, of Sutra re- releasing him, not releasing her. I mean, she could have killed that yeah. person herself, uh, uh, the android herself. It's She did anyway. You know, all he did was hold her head, I guess. Well, he, letting him out, um, let her blame him for it. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, That's what I was missing. But yeah. she also could have just straight up killed him right there, too, and said, yeah, I found him and I killed him. And he, you know, maybe she didn't want to go that far. 
or she liked the the idea of him out there as a menace or whatever. But yeah, maybe but she's yeah, you're right. released and killed prisoners in the past for um, you know, some <laughs> persuasive uh, use, and and she didn't want to get caught using it again, so she added some yeah. some distinction to it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that whole, like, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but Sutra ended up kind of being, like, this 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 really menacing character introduced last episode, and in this one she kind of is is, is a nothing. Yeah. She doesn't really do much or, or add up to much in kind of, in a, it's kind of a surprising way. Um, so after that we have a little sequence with Picard and Soji, you know, they just kind of argue about whatever. Soji seems, like, so easily manipulated in this episode. Like, she is so totally bought into Sutra's plan. I don't know. I, I, well, I mean, yeah, it was, she hasn't. She doesn't yeah. have much real-world experience to, yes, to you know, balance things out. Yeah. I, we did get one little bit, though, that I liked here, which was when um, you first see that kind of, like, antenna that they're building to call the, the, the like... Uh, outer space the super sense mm-hmm. um and the way it was kind of like slowly growing up out of the planet i thought looked pretty cool so there was that um but yeah yeah i thought much. that it, that was kind of cool but the way it had to be built seemed yeah ridiculous you know like she's over there yeah doing physical acts to build this thing what's the point you know why would you yeah it, it looked like she was playing a video game uh-huh. you know yeah like 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 some or, or some kind of digital cup stacking kind of game, mm-hmm. you know. Didn't make a great deal of sense. No. So, next thing that happens is, uh, so you know, Narek earlier he had been talking with Narissa and had told her he was going to get a, you know, needed a big bag of grenades so that he could go blow up all the orchids, which makes sense. That's a reasonable thing for him to do. But instead, he um, shows up at uh, Rios and Rafi uh, with, uh, to, to try to team up with Rios and Rafi. So Rios and Rafi had fixed the ship using that magic tool, which again was another confusing thing added into the show that I don't really understand what it was supposed to be or what why they needed it. Or um, But there it was, and they had that little magic tool that they'd been given by the sense, and they fixed the Lost Arena, and now the Lost Arena can fly. And then Narek and Elnor show up, and Narek is like, He's a good guy now, or he wants to team up with them. It was all very confusing. What did, what was your read on that? Yeah, I had no idea either. You know, maybe he. I mean, obviously, he wanted to stop the super synth invasion, but he also seemed to want to yeah. save Soji. Um, maybe he really does love her. I don't know. There's another thing. We'll come to it later. That that that. Or maybe he just didn't want to show. die. He's like, no, nah, this is That's I'm legit. more important here because he told. Uh, um, damn it! What's his name? The elf, Elnor. Elnor. Whenever, whenever Elnor asks him if he wants to choose to live, he's like, "I do choose to live. I very much do." It's what all this is about. <laughs> I did very. I liked that a lot. I liked his reaction. He's like, "Yeah, I don't want to die. Don't kill me. I no interest in dying. Please, yeah, whatever I, you need, just don't kill me." I'd say that's probably why he, you know, yeah, went against. Yeah, his sister, because he knew he was. She was just going to let him blow everybody up. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was doing something reasonable, which is like, well, these are the people that can help me defeat the super sense, so I'm going to team up with them. It doesn't really matter if we are on the same team, but like, that's actually an interesting thing to do with that character because he is a total dirtbag. He's a bad guy, but there, at least temporarily, you know, they they want the same outcome, which is to not not die 
So they team is up. Is he a bad guy re- though, or is he a victim well, of circumstance? Thing. That's the thing is the show never really clarifies that. Yeah. Like, I, is he? It, it, what is he in here for? What is he trying to do? And it never really quite makes sense. Well, so he um, or he said that he was the family fuck up. So maybe he just yeah. wasn't into all the the Romulan espionage and and bad doing, and he just wanted to, I don't know, make music or something. And dance. He just wanted to dance. That's why he took Soji on that little slide dance he's, thing. Yeah. He's so mad that he he did not get to pursue his dream of Romulan ballroom dancing or whatever, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. He just wanted to sing he wanted to be the first Romulan to sing Cleon Opera, and now he's never gonna get to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we did get this nice little um, you know, a little bit after that where they're they're kind of uh having a, a like Rafi and Rios and Narek and Elnor have all decided, okay, we're going to team up to take out the Super Sense or whatever. Um, and they're kind of planning the attack at that campfire. And I thought that was actually kind of an interesting part of the show. Uh, one of the better parts of the episode. So one thing he said that was interesting was he's, so they're talking about how Seb Shineb fits into this like Romulan prophecy about the end times and how he thinks that that's not so much just like mythology, but rather like memories that came down from even, you know, before um, of the last time the Super Sense came and wiped everybody out. Um, and he specifically said, not when our ancestors arrive on Romulus, but our ancestors arrived on Vulcan. Vulcan. Uh-huh. And that's interesting. The first time I was like, man, that's, I was watching it. And I was like, man, that's like, a fuck up in the show script because the Vulcans and the Romulans are both native to Vulcan and then the Romulans left whatever like I don't know like I think a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, but they're native to Vulcan however turns out this is probably at least ties into an original series episode where there's they they come across this ancient alien race that apply and that ancient alien race implies that they colonized Vulcan and that the Vulcans are descendants of them, and by extension, the Romulans are are, extension, are descendants of them. So, his that plus the idea that he is explicitly believing that this myth is not myth; it's history. Um, that kind of opens up that, like, maybe in season two they can explore some of the really like interesting like bits and pieces of ideas that have been in the Starfleet, or excuse me, in the Star Trek. Um, uh, the Star Trek canon, it's just, you know, I had an episode here and there about these ancient galactic races and, like, the footprint that they left on the galaxy, you know? Um, yeah, both so in terms whenever, of that, that, that... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, whenever they said that, I was like, wait a minute. That that means what Edward has told me is wrong. Um, I guess in, mm-hmm. in the end, it's actually just incomplete. But yeah, uh, I, that, that was something that struck me immediately, and I was pretty curious to, to talk to you about that. Um, as far as where they came from, you know, where which was the original. I, for some reason, I was thinking that maybe I just misheard you, and Romulus was actually their original home. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm interested to to know what they end up deciding there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm wondering if that was just a one-off, tossed-off line, or if they're going to continue to explore this kind of like ancient ancient galactic history of of the galaxy in star trek because that's interesting they've all they've done little bits and pieces of that you know whether it's like coming across ancient technology um or whether it's there was an episode in next generation where like 
to kind of answer the question of why do why are all these alien species or not all but the vast majority of these alien species alien. have like two legs and two arms and you know heads and they more or less look the same um you know cleons and vulcans and romulans and andorians and humans and all you know betazoids and all the rest mm-hmm. are all you know like the real answer of course is it's cheaper to do makeup but um <laughs> the, the the answer in the show is like well there was this really ancient race that like took a core DNA and spread it across the galaxy. And yeah, there's other sentient races that are gaseous or whatever, but like the most of them are, grew out of uh, this kind of really ancient race. Um, maybe they'll come back to that. I always thought that was a really interesting concept um, that they kind of seeded the galaxy. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they, they keep brushing up against it in this show and it's never really been like the main part but I thought it's been an interesting thread and it's one I hope they return to agreed um, yeah so uh, some, back at uh, the synth uh, the synth um, uh, Capelius station um, this Gerardi tricks Soong um, you know they have a conversation about how she's gonna help you know put him in the uh, the um, the golem body and then she's like hey uh, I need you to go do some crypt- decrypt this stuff for me oh okay I guess I'll go do that and then she yanks an eyeball out and that was uh, kind of weird but breaks Picard, breaks out Picard who's just kind of um, this was weird he was like she kind of goes to break him out and he is weirdly passive and just laying there like he's just totally given up yeah he'd given up and I'm sure he had yeah. a headache yeah that's true too the first time I watched it, I was like, why is he acting so weird? But I think at that point, like, he had no idea that Gerardi was, you know, hadn't actually turned on him and was just waiting, you know, just like, all right, what do you need now, traitor? But now <laughs> she was there to rescue him. And then this is where he had another thing I didn't really like in the show where everyone kind of, like, was flipping sides really quick. Soon, just like, oh, no. Uh, oh, the body's complete. Okay, now uh, pulling the uh, memories out of Sutra's complete. And then he sees, uh, or rather, um, or, or sorry, pulling memories out of Saga is complete, and he sees Sutra kill Saga. Well, that's um, what Girardi that's did. It. And he, that's why she pulled that eye out, right? So she yeah. pulled the eye out and started the processing so that it would pop up and he would see that. Mm, that's not how I interpreted it. I thought he was just trying to pull the memories down just because he wanted to pull the memories down. Well, then why did she, she grab the, the eye? eye? So she grabbed the eye to unlock Picard's room. Oh, because it okay. used a, a retinal scan. Okay, all right, I missed yeah. that. I guess. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and then like he sees that and he makes like a stink face, and then he turns good guy now, which just seemed too easy to me. You know, like I kept waiting. When he did that, I kept waiting for him to double-cross everyone, but it never happened. And he just was a good guy from then on. I mean, it was a very odd, odd thing. Like, he was totally ready to kill all the life in the universe because he was going to get put in a robot body. And so he would survive. Like, just because he decided to flip teams at the tail end because Sutra killed Saga, that, I don't buy it. That, that, that was, I think, one of the weaker parts of the episode. Like just what do, they introduce this character that's played by Brent Spiner and he never really does it doesn't become interesting. It doesn't become all that interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I mean whatever. You know, I think that's that was a product of the way they had to wrap yeah. everything up to and fit it in. So they just like whatever, we'll we'll just have him help them out. People can fill in the gaps. Yeah. No, you're right. It's just like 
if you don't have anything interesting to do with that character, why even introduce him? You didn't have to add him in, you know. Um, no one, no one forced them to add this character. Maybe Spinner was so, pissed off that he didn't get enough airtime. I don't know. He he ended up getting quite a bit of airtime, you know. Sure, he was, but he that he may not thought it was enough. That's true. Maybe we'll get Star Trek soon, and it's just a <clears throat> him building androids and just chilling, yep. building butterflies, building cats. <laughs> um, so then we jump back to uh, Picard and Gerardi. They've escaped. They really quickly get to Lost Sirena. Like I thought it was several hours away, but they're getting to and from there in about five minutes, which is kind of funny. But yeah, I don't know, that, that, that's a bit nitpicky. Um, but I did like um, Picard, you know, like learning how to fly the ship and having to, it's like, you know, he had he had been paying attention, so now he could fly, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, once they get up there and, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to come up with the strategy to stop, to delay the Romulans enough for Starfleet to hopefully come, and I thought that that section actually worked pretty well. What did you think about that stuff? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, that was that was probably the highlight of the uh the episode was him and Girardi, you know, mounting their their last ditch effort to save the universe. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, whenever they, you know, the flying through the orchids was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Those things are sweet looking. I don't really know yeah, I, what kind of damage they were expected to actually do to the Romulan force. Um, but that, that was probably my biggest... Uh, Annoyance from the episode was the Romulans and Command or Commodore O, and just yeah, she kept doing stupid stuff. She kept switching orders. Just pick one. I know she she could have just ignored all the ships and just said okay, like shoot kill that big tower right now. with the shoot the beacon. Yeah, just shoot it. One of you. Yeah, just shoot. You got to do it. Yeah. So instead, we have this whole sequence where, and this so this was my biggest beef was Sutra and Soji start to open the portal. Um, you know, Suji's doing the cup st- or Soji's doing the cup stacking thing, and then all of a sudden, Rios and Narek and Elnor and Rafi like attack them in a really like weird, lame, and half-assed attack. Sutra goes down so easy. Like Soong just comes up and goes, "Oh, oh, you turned evil. Can't be having these alien these robots turn evil." Presses the button on the remote control, and she just dies. She yeah. just goes click off and you know that's it but like soji is able to keep working and is still stacking cups and this is where there was one thing that even after the second watch i um didn't catch this uh but last night as i was going to bed i was thinking about that scene and how kind of stupid i thought that scene was and then finally there's one thing in i'm like oh this is interesting so they have they've hidden the grenades in the soccer ball okay they open up the soccer ball which opens up for some reason um i mean i guess they can make it you know they can make a fake soccer ball in a uh, uh in the replicator you know that opens up sure why not um they can 3d print that real quick um the soccer ball opens up there's the grenade inside and instead of the grenade like like what i expected to happen to pick up the grenade and throw it up at the um you know at the tower and blow the tower up the grenade flies off automatically and attaches itself to Soji's hand, mm-hmm. and then Soji throws it up in the air, and it explodes and does no harm. And so their attack was for naught. But why did that happen? And this is where I think we actually get to something that's kind of interesting, although the show never really like clarifies it and never comes back to it, is 
Narek was was not that just trying to blow up the tower. Narek was trying to kill Soji. Oh, and okay. if he said he was going to try to kill Soji, you know, Rafi and Rios and Elmer and Soon weren't going to go along with it. But I think that was what he was trying to do. Is he had this thing set to like as soon as it's loose, it's going to go click, attach to Soji, blow up. But it didn't work. It failed. But at least that was what he was trying to do. Um, that. I think if they had made that a bit clearer, a bit more clear if that was what was happening or not, that actually was kind of interesting. But the whole like little attack was just so half-assed and then nothing. They were all just like, okay, well, that didn't work. I guess we'll just wait around now while uh, Picard and the Romulans and the Orchids and Soji and Starfleet all go do their stuff. Um, before we get up back up to the big space battle, we did have a Seven and Nerissa fight and... Uh, which was, I don't know, kind of a cheesy fight, but I did like that Nerissa died. It's good. She was, she was a very very generic villain, and it's good that she's dead. Yeah, I really dislike the, that was for Hugh line. I hate anybody oh, yeah, ever too cheesy. taking out vengeance oh. and saying that was for whatever it was for. You just, it's, yep. it's you know, it's amateurish. It was a very hacky line. They yeah. could have got that idea across without literally having to say it. And it's funny because other places I've complained about this show, like leaving stuff unsaid, but then in that case they swing way too far in the other direction and just say it in such an obvious way that it might as well be like a you know, He-Man saying, Skeletor, you are the bad guy, and so I must defeat you. <laughs> you know? Fucking Skeletor. He is the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, you gotta defeat Skeletor. He is the bad guy. Um so, you know, whatever. Going this is where we get to kind of like the I guess the big the big finale where they're up in space and on Las Las Arenas up in space. It's just Picard and Girati. They're trying to figure out how to delay the Romulans because they hope Starfleet's gonna show up. Um I did like that they, you know, made a callback to the Picard maneuver, but like using the little magic tool to make it happen just like was it was just literally a Deus ex machina, you know. It was just yeah. Use a use the magic to do something that actually works, not just something that is a a, a, a chance a dice roll at working. Yeah, if you have a magic tool that can do almost anything, have it like you know build you a bunch of like mega torpedoes to take out the uh, uh, all the Romulans. Yeah. yeah, I did like the callback to the Picard maneuver, I guess, but I don't know. It, one of the things that was a little weird to me is in that space battle where the Romulans are shooting at all the fake Las Sirenas that are like um, uh, simulations, basically. Mm-hmm. It, sound, it, it That was the one part of the episode that felt very Star Wars to me. Even even when Las Sirena gets hit with a with a phaser blast and kind of spins out for a second, it's fine. But you know, it uh, it doesn't it, it takes a hit and it sounds like when an X wing takes a hit in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I did not like it because that's not what happens. You know? Yeah. All the fighting in this was very dogfightish, and that bothered me the whole time. That's just not how. That's not Star. Yeah, it's not how you would do the fight in in space. Yeah, it's it's how they do it in Star Wars, it's not how they do it in Star Trek. And Star Star Wars is like little ships, it's like World War II um, surface combat. It's a bunch of little destroyers and planes attacking big. big capital ships mm-hmm. in star trek though it is more like uh you know um world war ii and cold war submarine combat where you have big slow moving ships 
slowly it's moving around each other. It's you know, yeah, yeah it's it's turn based versus real time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which um, is what it would you know, be yeah. like in space. I mean, you'd also yeah. be way further away from each other. Uh, so anyway, I thought what, uh, like, what, what was the show? The Expanse did that well. You know, it's like we're, I need to watch the Expanse. Yeah, we're a solar system apart. We all shoot at the same time. Let's see what happens, and that, that's it. Yeah. One of my favorite fight, uh, uh, like ship battle sequences in all of Star Trek, is uh, the the episode "The Balance of Terror" from the original series, which is the first time the Romulans ever show up, Ooh. and it is basically a really extensive. Um, in very like tense like submarine battle very much played as a submarine battle and i think it really sets the whole like idea of submarine battle as the metaphor for um ship battle in star trek um where there's uh a, there's the enterprise and there's one romulan ship and the romulan ship attacks them and then they try to chase it down but it has cloaking and so they have a very hard time finding it yep. but they've done a small amount of damage to it and so the, that Romulan ship only has a certain amount of time before it's going to explode and they're both trying to get out but the the Enterprise has to catch it before it gets back to the neutral zone yeah it's and all so it's sensors very and long range stuff yeah exactly it's a very minimal tense episode it is so good it is like it's you know, uh, um, one of the best original series episodes, and I would say still one of the best overall Star Trek episodes of all time. It is an incredible, incredible episode. Um, and then the, you know, again, this space battle was cool, but it just it was just kind of some stuff happening. Although the orchids getting shredded was pretty cool, uh, I did like that. Um, so. You know, they stall for enough. He stalls talking to Soji, and this is one thing I did like: is he's he's basically like he's not trying to blow up the Romulans. His goal is to try to convince Soji um, to do the right thing, and I think that is good. Like that is what Picard should do. He's not an action hero. He is a a, a leader and a diplomat and a wise person. You know, mm-hmm. um, and also one who definitely has hubris. But in this case, he's right. Like, he was con- overly confident that he could pull this off. And he did. He did. He totally did. Um, so, this is where, like, you, you have some stuff that I like and some stuff that I don't hear. So, you have, one, all the Starfleet ships come in at the same time. And it's Riker on the bridge. <laughs> and this is where I was like, oh, man, there's all these ships. There's, like, like a hundred of them. Like, there's, like, a hundred Starfleet ships. And they all look identical. identical. I hated it, but go ahead. It, yeah, they looked identical. So I thought, oh shit, Riker is clearly doing the Picard maneuver too. Oh, oh, that would be really funny. <laughs> and that would have been so cool. Like, like you know, Starfleet couldn't send that many ships, but they had one. Or Riker talked them into sending one ship out to check on him or whatever. And he knew he had to, like, fake, to fake out the Romulans. And this was a clever solution. But that wasn't what happened. It was, in fact, just a hundred ships. And you never see or hear anything from any of the other ships. You just get Riker on the bridge with a couple people in the background. And that's it. And then they warp out of there. I liked seeing Riker on the bridge. But they could have... Oh, it just wasn't... It, it, I was, it was so close to being something so cool and it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a shitty get, I think, show. Total waste no, of time. It's not a waste of time, but it, there is so many uh, things that were so close to really, really, really singing, and it, it just it just didn't quite take it over the edge. Like, but, and then there was also some stuff that was just straight up stupid. 
like specifically the big swirling portal in the sky. Oh, so the, and the, the intent- Marvel Cinematic Universe bad guy coming out over New York. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It was like a shitty Avengers. Yeah. Um, so you have the big, just like in the first Avengers movie, the big laser shoots up in the sky. It, it makes the clouds swirl, you know, in the atmosphere, and then it opens a giant portal in space, and stuff starts pouring out. And in this case, instead of it being the big like space whales. Like in Avengers, it's just a bunch of robo-tentacles creeping out. And you see them for like one shot, they look stupid, and then they don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, that's what super advanced AI has made itself into, out to be. Exactly what yeah. monstrous AI is made out to be in every movie we've ever made. I mean, they, they were like the terrible versions of the Matrix octopus things. Um, oh, that's a good catch, yeah. Even yeah, if that's they a good comparison. Who knows if they were? Because it was just their yeah. tentacles. Was it one? Was it a bunch? Were those little tentacles, you know, from one mm-hmm. thing or was it a bunch of little dragon like guys that are really mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was just like generic robo Cthulhu mythology type stuff, you yeah. know. Um yeah, just tentacle monsters from beyond time, only they're robots. Woof. That was, I think that that specific aspect of it, the just like Marvel Cinematic Universe knockoff, but even worse, <laughs> was just easily the worst part of the whole, the whole, the whole season, maybe. Like that was just like this thing that had been built up and they, you got so excited for what could this thing be? And then it is the dumbest thing. <laughs> maybe they just ran out of money and didn't have anything to do and there are, you know, somebody from the, production crew worked on the the marvel one and they're like well we have this you know uh uh focus group reel uh or you know <laughs> this uh the cgi we could just put it on there and sell it to it for you know thousand bucks that sounds about right man i i, I think just looking at the show though um they probably are less likely to cheap out or, or run out of ideas for cool special effects than they are to run out of ideas for writing like you know the 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 visual style of this show. It was a bit kind of like standard, like current, like expensive TV look. But uh-huh. you know, overall, I think they did a really good job with the visual style. But man, like where where all the failure was writing, and it was mostly like good ideas that were just not quite taken all the way. But uh, well, so then we get to the thing where the the kind of swings back in the other direction and starts to become really interesting again. So Picard. Uh, convinces Soji to, um, well, punch <laughs> to punch her like terminal, and which stops it. So whatever. Um, but in doing so, he he sacrifices his life to convince her to give up, which is good. Like that is that's what should happen, right? That is how Picard solves problems. He solves problems through his words, through his ideas, through his like showing uh, being a moral exemplar. And I thought that was really landed well. And then he beams back down and he dies. And his death is so flat because it is so clearly a fake out because there's 15 minutes left in the episode. Yeah. And because they have already shown us exactly how he's going to get resurrected, which is the golem. And everyone is all sad and everyone's crying and Picard dies and it's very emotional, but it's not. Yeah, it's not emotional. I mean, uh, God damn it. What's Legolas's name again? Um Elnor. Elnor. I mean, he's a little bitch, but he was just trying to get on some some uh, uh, Borg <laughs> Queen booty. 
Uh, yeah, I think he's barking <laughs> up the wrong tree there, man. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the scene between Seven and Rios, though, you know, where Seven and Rios were like having had a good little conversation about what they'd kind of given up or what they kind of felt like they had lost emotionally during this. And I thought that actually worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, they're both good characters. Um, but then we get to the real good part. The best part of the episode, and I would say one of the highlights of the whole show, is Picard kind of quote unquote wakes up. Uh, in the hall, in this like, uh, what, what, what do they call it? A um, quantum simulation with data. Yeah, a highly advanced quantum civil, uh, simulation. Is that what it was? Yeah, or highly way, complex. It, it, I think that's right. I think highly complex is what they said. I love the way it looked. Where it was, the, it was like the study that we had seen all season that he hangs out in, but it was all black. Like everything was like painted over with matte, matte black graphite color, which I thought looked pretty cool. Yeah, it was tight. Um, just you know, such a good like interaction with Data as they kind of talk through what the sacrifice that Data made to save Picard means, and what Picard's sacrifice to save Soji and the whole world—you know, basically the whole universe—means. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just—it was genuinely an emotionally affecting scene, and it was like a good send-off for Data. So, what was Data's actual sacrifice? I don't remember what he did or what the situation yeah. was even. I don't remember the details either because I haven't... But this was in Star Trek Nemesis, which was the last Star Trek The Next Generation movie. It came out in like... I want to say 2002. Might That's whenever they year. had the needle go into Picard's eye, right? Or was that for... I don't recall. Yeah. But Nemesis was a bit forgettable. It was not a great movie. But anyway, there were some evil Romulans in it and blah, blah, blah. doesn't really matter. But... Um, Data gives his own life to save Picard and also the Enterprise. Um, but they do a little like, they kind of pull back from it where it, they reveal after Data has died that he put his consciousness in this kind of like proto-Data, like early stage, you know, sample called B4. But it's, you know, at that point it's left ambiguous where, whether that him putting his consciousness in there would actually stick. Gotcha. But then of course the show explains like, well, it didn't work, but... You know, they they managed to pull it out and put it in this other simulation where he's just kind of been hanging out in um, neither quite dead nor quite alive. Yep, hating hating it obviously. Just kill me, or at least not love, or at least not liking it. You know, I mean, I did like that. It wasn't he wasn't like I'm suffering. Kill me. It was I want to understand. You know, that my life is finite. That is something that is meaningful to me because humans have a finite life. So that is what I want. I thought they, they it was a it was a subtler way than just I'm ready to die, kill me. You yeah. know, yeah. I mean, and it ties very data. You know, he wants to do yeah. the things that humans do. He wants to be yeah. a human. That's the final final act to be a human. Exactly. And I thought it was a it a was a very world. nice way to wrap up data. And I think that in a way that was you know I don't know better and more respectful of his character arc than what happened at the end of Nemesis, which is. He sort of dies, but he doesn't really die. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, then Picard gets resurrected into a new bo- robot body, which, sure, okay. I'm not sure what I think about him being a sentinel, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it all depends on what they do with it in season two. But um, I did like the tiny yellow trunks that he was wearing when they pull him <laughs> out. As, as he woke up on his purple mattress. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the... That was, it was absolutely a purple mattress. You know, oh, I didn't catch that at all. You no, know, it's got the like funny. the little grid, yeah. the purple like gel grid. Yeah. That's what it was. 
Oh man, I'll have to go back and look at that. I didn't catch that at all. That's hilarious. I mean, I guess it's it's certainly an interesting thing, right? To 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 like this whole episode, this whole season has been about what does it mean to be alive, right? What does it mean? Can robots, can synthetic things be alive? Um, and now we've got this, you know, the character that we care about, Picard, is in a robot body. Is he the same now? Is he different? What does that mean? How are we going to explore that? And, I mean, they could do it in an interesting way or they could do it in an uninteresting way, but I guess that that's on the next season to do it. I'm pretty uh, upset that they didn't give him uh, any upgrades or superpowers. Um, and I feel like they were talking, you know, like doing it to his face. Like, oh, we knew you wouldn't want any, so we're not giving you that. <laughs> oh, man. I just wanted to be able to shoot lasers out of my hands. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Freaking lasers on their heads. Couldn't, couldn't you guys give me, like, Wolverine's claws? <laughs> At least 20 more years. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they could have given him psychic power so that he could be Charles Xavier. Yeah. I mean, he is in a, a, you know, basically a synthetic body, so they can certainly hook it back up to the computer and tweak its... It's uh, knobs a little bit. Yeah, maybe 10 years from now, he's like, yeah, I don't want to die. I want you to build me a new body. I want it to be a jacked hunk. Yeah. Who, you know, there's this, here's this six. picture of this dude that used to live on planet Earth back in ancient times named The Rock. I, I want to be The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would be fucking rule. <laughs> and you have the rest of you just you know, just season after season where it's Picard doing voiceover but The Rock's body. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, great. It's great. It's a genius idea, Nick. Yeah, genius. Or they, I mean, obviously they can make it look different, so he could be a different character each. You know, he's going through a like a end of life crisis, and he doesn't know which sexy body he wants. Yeah, it's the Rock one season. It's the Vin Diesel the next. Not Vin Diesel. Ugh. You don't like no, no. Okay. Ugh. Um. So, you know, then then I guess they spent some time on that planet because they once they take off, like, since have been made legal, which seems like passing that legislation would take some time. That must have been at least a couple of weeks. Maybe there um, was a COVID virus. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, we never really found out what happened to the Borg Cube or the XBs. Uh, presumably, I guess they stayed on the planet. Like, Seven comes with them, but we don't know what happened to the XBs. We don't know what happens to Narek. Did he go to jail? That seems logical, but they never say. Um, I yeah. guess maybe we'll find out that stuff next season or not. Who knows? I mean, they just they let all the other Romulans take off. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's like a military, you know, and it'd be kind of hard to take them. Whereas like Narek's just like one guy who's already been arrested. I don't know. Riker said they're in the fastest, biggest, and baddest starship that they've ever made. He was ready for a fight. That's true. Well, I think he was bluffing. I don't think he was actually ready for a fight. But nah, that dude was ready to get his gun off. That's true. So in the woods making pizzas, ready to kill somebody. <laughs> Especially living with fucking Troy. Oh my god. He was tired. Yeah, he, he was happy when his son died. He's like, oh, finally you get to leave this misery. Sorry, son. Signed you up for this. So, my favorite line of the episode was when Data said, 
knowing that you love me forms a small but statistically significant <laughs> part of my memories, which was such a perfect data line. Uh-huh. They could not have written that line better. I think that was that was my favorite. What about you? No, I really like that one as well. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. So we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but like overall, I think I still really liked this show, the whole show. I think the ending, I'm not going to say they flubbed the ending, but it wasn't as satisfying of an ending as I would have liked. Um, but, you know, the highlights, the, 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 the great stuff that we saw all throughout the season is still pretty great. Like yeah. overall, what's your reaction to the Oh no, it was a great show. I'm ready for the next one. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. the next one has, you know, more plot and less character building. Um, you know, that's great and all, but you got to get past it at some point, and we really didn't get past it ever in this one. You know, every every episode yeah. was Picard growing a little bit or displaying that he has some emotional immaturity. Uh, Soji and and then Doctor Soon, all of them, everybody, everybody growing, developing. I didn't like it. Yeah, not that, not that aspect of it. I like that aspect of it. For me, though, what failed was they threw out so many plot threads and so many of them just... I mean, they ended, but they didn't really go anywhere. Like, all the stuff with the XBs, that was interesting. Didn't really go... In the end, it didn't really go anywhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Focus on some actual plot, not just character building. Yeah, like like the whole character of Elnor. They introduced this character, and you know the episode where he shows up, I think, is one of the better episodes. Um, and he's an interesting character. And then he basically does fuck all the whole rest of the season. Yep. You could have entirely removed that character, and I don't think you would have lost much. You would have <sighs> barely had to rewrite it, which was, sucks because he's a good character. He was definitely the Jar Jar Binks of the series. He was, except well, not terrible. Like he is a. If they had given him anything to do, he would have been a much better character. But they didn't really give him much to do. He was like glue, you know, to help like piece things together a couple of times, and that was it. Well, he's like, more a comic relief, basically. And then yeah. occasionally he, you know, solved some 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 street tough problems. You know, yeah. that was it. That was it. He didn't he didn't yep. really do anything. There was no point. Yep, I think they also the whole the show really suffered just through the absence of a real like compelling villain. You know, like I guess in the end, who was who was the real villain behind all of it? Commander O, you know, like or not Commander Commodore O, and she doesn't feel like enough. You know, she is not like she was fine. She wasn't a bad character, but she was pretty. She seemed more like a functionary. She seemed like someone else's lackey. Not like the person well, so the, actually I, running the show. Yeah, I would say that that's not the case. I mean, she was the, you know, uh, uh, ostensive bad guy. But really, it was a, about humanity overcoming its shortcomings and short-sightedness and, you know, helping each other. And and that was, yeah. you know, that was the villain, was, the you know, trying to overcome that. Um, and that's... So you're, saying, so you're saying the real villain was racism. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely racism. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so uh, I guess that's 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 what, all I have to say about it. I mean, again, I enjoyed watching it. Looking forward to season two, assuming it happens. You know, as long as just really hope Patrick Stewart stays stays safe and does not get the coronavirus. Um, 
He is an old man. <laughs> Don't yeah, they should have given him superpowers. That way, he wouldn't have to worry about it. It's true. That's that would have been a really good idea. They got to give Picard uh, coronavirus immunity. <laughs> You've got credit immunity. I don't know if you ever hear those like America Car Mart commercials on the radio. Uh, oh no, I haven't seen the heard those. <laughs> Doesn't matter what your credit rating is, we'll sell you a car and repo it tomorrow because you've got credit immunity. <laughs> no, that sounds like a great deal and definitely not <laughs> oh like a scam God. that's going to ruin your life. Buy here, pay here lots are one of the worst things about people. Yeah, they're worse than than. Commodore O. Yeah. Well, so that's <laughs> whatever that. That's means. the end of. That's the end of uh, Star Trek Picard. That's uh, the end of season one of Brotrek. Mm-hmm. Um, Look at this picture I drew fa- during our episode. Oh, it's very beautiful. Yeah. I don't think the audience is going to be able to see it though, but it's a very nice it's landscape. Right. They can they can feel your your uh, emotion about it. Yeah. Which so, is for the audience out there. Oh, go ahead. No, no. You interrupted me. Go ahead, you asshole. All right. Works for me. So, uh, for the audience out there, we're figuring out what our next step with Brotrick's going to be. Obviously, there's no new episode of Picard next week, so uh, we're not going to have anything to talk about as an episode. That's an episode of Picard. Not, probably not going to do an episode next week. Uh, not sure when the next one is, but we plan on doing more stuff. You know, we might talk about other Star Trek stuff. We're still figuring it out. Um, but we hope you all will keep listening in. Yeah, yeah, Make yeah. Bro. In, in two weeks, we've got Bill Nye on the show. Um, he's going to be saying some some wacky things and wearing wearing a bow tie. And then Edward's yeah. personal favorite, NGT, he's coming on to, to be a doofus. <laughs> and then four weeks from now, we've got Patrick Stewart. He's going to be dialing in. <laughs> he's bored at home and has nothing to do uh, <laughs> indeed his grapes are not yet harvestable no. um, he's oh, just, just that's Patrick he's just Stewart. sitting in his no, office he's sitting Picard. in his office just calling it waiting for people to call him on zoom you know he's bored <laughs> smoking that snake weed yeah hanging out with Ian McKellen I was about to say something about Ian McKellen time. the moment you said that fuck is Ian McKellen <laughs> did he die no, no, it was the guy who played alive. Suron that died. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. What's his name? Um, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Christopher Lee died like a year or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was a quite a bit older than them, though. He's like 10, 15 years older than Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are like mid-70s. And Christopher Lee, I think, was like maybe 90. Man, Christopher Lee. Coronavirus' first victim. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, the coronavirus killed JFK. Everything else was a conspiracy and a cover-up. Whoa, I didn't know the coronavirus could shoot a rifle from a grassy knoll. Oh, that was all cover-up. It traveled through time, infected him, and then he was already dead, and then so they had to shoot him to make everyone think that it was just a, a simple murder and not a time-traveling virus. Oh, well, that makes way more sense. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, man. It's been Thank a lot of fun. Uh, our bullshit. Had a great time. Sorry the season's yeah. over. I'll never see you again. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye.